Happy Sunday to you! Our podcast just turned two years old. Woohoo! It has been an incredible journey, and I would have not done this without you, my amazing listeners and awesome guests who believed in my idea and were willing to share their stories. Welcome to episode 12 of season 2, where it is all about navigating the post-divorce journey. Does your child go from 0 to 60 in a matter of seconds and then acts like nothing happened? Today we are talking about what parents need to know to be best equipped for helping children with big emotions. Today's guest is Rachel Bailey from Richmond, Virginia. Rachel has a master's degree in clinical psychology, a parenting expert, speaker, a frequent podcast contributor who was featured in over 50 podcasts. She created a parenting loan game methodology and founded an online parenting academy that supports thousands of parents for over 15 years. Rachel's advice for single parents is address your own yak. That's what Rachel calls flight or fight response because it keeps us stuck in patterns we hate but cannot seem to break. Rather than fixing a problem for the children, focus on helping them identify and understand their feelings and then think through their own solutions to a problem. Thank you for subscribing, downloading and reviewing the podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now do your part and be the messenger of hope. Send the episode to one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Rachel. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching. If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Rachel Bailey, who is from Virginia. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology, a parenting expert, a speaker, a frequent podcast contributor who was featured in over 50 podcasts. She created a parenting long game methodology and founded an online parenting academy that supports thousands of parents for over 15 years. Thank you, Rachel. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. How are you today? How's I'm the weather excellent. in Virginia? It's it's great. Um, we're we're I actually don't even know what the weather is out today. I haven't been outside yet, but normally it's pretty great around here. Awesome, awesome. So please tell us um, how how did you start your practice? What was the like? Did you always know you wanted to be in clinical psychology? Not really. I think I already I knew I wanted to be in psychology since I was pretty young. I once found my um, application for college, actually, and I wrote about being a psychologist. 
but I definitely didn't think I was going to help parents. In fact, I didn't even know I was going to be a parent. Uh, I wasn't someone who grew up thinking I want kids. And so I fell into this basically when I was, when I started in the field of psychology, I wanted to be a neuropsychologist. I was actually studying to be a neuropsychologist and did get pregnant along the way. So I didn't finish that. Hmm. At that time, when I had my young kids, I was actually a therapist. I had already been an ADHD coach, but at that time I was a therapist and I was a therapist for, for mostly parents of, or for mostly, excuse me, teenage girls at that point. And I was helping all of these teenage girls. And I realized that I was giving the girls these tips and strategies and parents were so unknowingly sort of undoing the work that I was doing with the girls. So at some point it's been about 13, 14 years now, I just stopped working with kids and with teens and started working with parents. And that's how I came to working with parents. All right. I think it's a great, great topic. And the fact that yeah, parents were undoing everything all the <laughs> But so unintentionally, and that's where I said, I'm not going to criticize parents. I'm going to educate parents. And that's really what I do. It's just education. Right, right. Totally. So how is it that, uh, you know, how do we recognize a child that has big emotions? Yes, that's a great question. I actually do specialize my practice fairly recently. I started um, specializing in only helping parents with children with big emotions. And one of the reasons that I'm really passionate, and this will get into how we identify them, is that I myself am a highly sensitive person and I'm raising two girls, one of whom is also highly sensitive and the other, I call her a big feeler because she doesn't quite meet the criteria of being highly sensitive, but she feels things so strongly. So I have realized as a parent that there are unique challenges. For example, kids with big emotions may go from zero to 60, like out of the blue. And you're like, wait, what just happened? Kids with big emotions tend to be a little less flexible. Like if things don't go the way they imagine in their mind, it's like an epic meltdown. Even older kids, because they're also teens with big emotions and adults with big emotions. It's like the end of the world if things don't go the way they imagine. Um, kids and adults with big emotions tend to really focus on what's fair. And if something isn't fair, it's like, oh my gosh, that's not fair. And it again becomes the end of the world. So there tends to be some drama, whether that drama is externalized and you see the meltdowns or even internalized. There's often a lot of anxiety in children with big emotions because they feel these things so strongly and so often and so much. So those are just some symptoms of kids with big emotions. So true. I can relate. Uh, sometimes I see it in my kids, like from zero to 60, literally, and then a minute later, like nothing ever happened. That's right. And we're like less reeling, but they're like, hey, can I have a hug? And you're like, oh my gosh, wait, what just happened? <laughs> so how do we, as parents, how do we address this? This is the other reason I love working with parents of children with big emotions, because very honestly, and most people, by the time they've come to me, have realized this already, but, but the things that we want to do with kids with big emotions are not intuitive. And the things we've tried tend not to work. And this is what I talk a lot, a lot about on my podcast, why it should work that we use punishment to motivate better behavior doesn't work with kids with big emotions. We should be able to stay calm and calm them down, but often our calm actually makes them more upset. So a lot of things that we should do are things that don't end up working or things that work with like, I know almost every family has a big emotion child, but you know we may use certain strategies with a non-big emotion child and they work great, but they don't work with our big emotion child. So what we really have to do is understand what's going on for a child when they are having these big reactions is that they're really dysregulated in the moment. They have, they're feeling something really strongly 
And because they feel this discomfort, they, their fight or flight response is kicked in. And one of the things that happens when their fight or flight response kicks in is they can't access the part of the brain that allows them to be mature and responsible and respectful. And we try to change things in that moment. And you're basically trying, you're fighting an uphill battle because once a child is already having that big emotion, that big meltdown, the more you resist it, the worse it gets. So one of the first things I teach parents of children of big emotions is to stop seeing these big emotions as a threat. Because if you see them as a threat, your fight or flight response is going to kick in and your child responds to your energy and it just makes the situation worse. So I work really hard with parents first thing to stop seeing it as a threat. And I do that very often by helping them understand their children and why it really isn't a threat. Mm -hmm. Totally. I love it. And yeah, sometimes in the heat of emotion, even adults, if we are in that flight mode, we're we going to re respond irrationally. It doesn't matter. If a hundred percent. That's a big part of parenting. Yeah. We're if it's a child, then it's a, like a totally different story. They're just operating and then you got to flip that switch. So how can, uh, what does parent need to know to be best equipped? I think the first thing to know again is that it's not a threat, that it's not, you know, we go into what I call future thinking. So it's, if my child doesn't stop melting down now, they're never going to be able to handle life. They're never going to be able to, you know, if they get upset because their, you know, blue shirt was in the laundry and they freak out, then they're never going to be able to handle real problems. Right. We have to stop this future thinking because whatever a child is going through, we can understand it, we can handle it. And the more we believe that, the less reactive our children become. So it's interesting, I, I teach um, skills and tools to help children become more resilient, but it actually starts with us. It starts with our ability to handle their emotions because if we can't even handle their emotions, how the heck do we expect them to be able to handle their emotions? So it really is about shifting your stories. It's about not future thinking. And it's really about understanding that even though they seem illogical, and they seem irrational, it's actually not that illogical and irrational once you start to understand what's going on. And, and, and a lot of kids with big emotions and even adults share similar qualities that really do help us, do lead us to solutions. Right, would you agree that it takes, like we would need to recognize basically to see where they're at instead of just reacting, but to giving them space, giving them room and, uh, I don't know where I read it, but sometimes like when kids are angry and you're trying to tell them something, maybe getting with them on the eye level so that you're looking in their eyes and they're not as uh, repulsive anymore. They can actually listen to you because you are not this dominating authoritarian figure <laughs> rulers laying down the orders, but you're actually getting on the same level with them on the same ground and you're not you're connecting with them better. So here's the key behind that. Yes, that's true. Although I will tell you if you're angry and yelling at them eye to eye, that's not going to go well. But the key to what you're saying is, and why you're absolutely right is, when a child is, is upset, they're in fight or flight. And what's happening when they're in fight or flight is their brain is scanning the environment to say, is it safe? Now, if we are this domineering figure standing high above them, yelling at them, obviously we're not safe. It puts them deeper into fight or flight or what I call yuck. I use the word yuck. It puts them deeper into yuck. So when you get down to eye level and you, to your point, you know, that you made a couple of minutes ago, you understand them rather than trying to force your agenda on them, then they feel safe. They get out of fight or flight more quickly and then situations go better. 
And that's clinically why, yes, being yelling at them from above is not going to go well because they're just seeing you as a threat. They're going deeper into yuck or their fight or flight response. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the most important trait to instill in a child, do you think? The most important trait? Yeah. Well, I'm very biased because I teach this for a living, but <laughs> I think resilience. Okay. Because resilience leads, in my opinion, to better self-esteem. It leads to stronger relationships. It leads to the ability to face the fact that life isn't always easy. So I'm biased because this is what I teach for a living. And I think it's really important. But resilience is great because it teaches how to come out of bad situations. It does. And, you know, I always say this, like I watch these shows like The Bachelor on TV and I say, you know, anyone can do well when things are easy. Any couple can do well when things are easy. But what how do you handle challenges and obstacles that really determines? And even I actually did some marriage counseling for a while. And I always said that what determines if a marriage is going to make it is how they do when times are tough. Do their coping skills complement each other? That's often what, um, what, is it, what is difficult is that people don't cope in a healthy way. So it impacts relationships all over the board. So yes, it can be very important. Yeah. What is something exciting in your life that you're passionate about right now? Oh boy. Um, I'm passionate about my switch I made in my business to helping children with big emotions. That's been about a year now, maybe, maybe a little less. But what am I passionate about? You know, my kids are at fun ages. So I think that that's really great. They, I like doing things with them. So I'm really very honestly, I'm either working or with my kids, but I kind of enjoy both for the most part. I don't enjoy parenting every second. I don't want people to think that just because I teach parenting strategies, I love it all the time because I don't, I really don't. But for the most part, I enjoy it. That's good. What do you want to be remembered by? Uh, you know, again, so biased, but I would love to be remembered as someone who really did teach people to handle difficult situations better with less stress, with less overwhelm, with less anxiety. If I can just improve one person's life where they say, you know what, it's not that I've improved my life and everything's great. It's that even when it's not, I know how to handle it. If I can do that for just one person, if I can do that, especially for parents who raise kids to be that way, I'd love to be known for that. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you. Uh, what kind of advice can you share with single parents? I would say the biggest advice for single parents is compassion for yourself first mm -hmm. and recognize the story you're telling yourself in your head. So, you know, what does, if you're saying I'm not successful because I'm not doing X, Y, Z, or I yelled at my kids 10 times today, I don't actually think that's very effective. I think when we judge ourselves, when we tell ourselves the story that we're not enough or we're not doing enough, I actually think that story in our brains is harder for our children because then we're stuck in fight or flight. We're stuck in the space of yuck and we can't give them what they need. I think if we can say to ourselves, am I doing the best I can? And if I'm not, what do I need? I think that's what we need to do. Changing that story from I'm not enough to if I find that I'm not happy, what can I do about it? And really just focus on taking care of ourselves first. Even, and I will say one more thing, because this is super important, I think specifically for single parents, I differentiate self-care from self-treatment. Self-care is going out with your friends, going to get a manicure. Like we probably, you probably don't have much time for that. Self-treatment doesn't take extra time. It's just how you talk to yourself. And it, it, it single parent, non-single parent, we treat ourselves a certain way. So for single parents specifically who may not have as much free time and can't get as many breaks, per, perhaps how you treat yourself, that story you tell yourself matters tremendously. 
I love it. And I'm a big supporter also of self-love and the talk that we, it's how we talk to ourselves. We could be a greatest cheerleader or we could be a greatest uh, killer. So true. <laughs> killer. It's so true. Yeah. And recently, uh, Marisa Peer has this new book out about, uh, you know, tell yourself better lies. I, I've heard of that. Yes, totally. If you I mean objectively, when we tell ourselves isn't a truth, truth or a lie, but yeah, you may as well tell yourself what you need to hear to do better. I absolutely agree. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if people would like to find you, uh, find your work, where would they go? I would say the best place to start is my podcast, which is called Your Parenting Long Game. Um, I also have, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group where I go live frequently called Your Parenting Long Game Podcast Community. Um, I'm on Instagram. I have a website, rachel-bailey.com. And lastly, I'm actually going to give your audience a free um, access to a free video series that I have that mm -hmm. talks about raising children with big emotions and why what you've tried before might not have worked. So I'm going to send you that free resource as well. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming on and sharing your advice. And I think it's very important to understand that, uh, you know, children with big emotions, how to handle them. And so thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset, and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you because you are limitless.